Welcome back to this episode of the Deep Penetration Podcast. My name is Danny, and I'm a love and self-esteem coach that works with the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I work a lot with gay and bisexual men on all matters of self-esteem, self-acceptance, self-love, um, really learning how to cultivate and grow healthy, sustainable relationships. If this is your first time listening in, um, visiting, wherever you are watching or listening from, please make sure you are subscribing because it helps me to be able to continue to have these conversations with you guys and and unpack a lot of these subjects that I personally think are very important that we should be talking about. So common misconceptions that we have, stereotypes that we have within the community, outside of the community, um, so that we can all really essentially come together, right? And get on the same page about things. So again, if this is your first time watching, if this is your first time visiting, welcome. Um, if you are coming back, then welcome back. So what are we talking about today? As I mentioned before in many of my other uh, podcast episodes, you know, some days we go really deep and we talk about uh, very deep subjects and other days we kind of just talk about general, you know, dating tips and tricks and recommendations and and things more so on the surface right so today we are <laughs> we are talking about dating somebody who is in their 30s and still living at home with their parents um so i think for me you know in in the world of of modern dating especially in the queer community there is an, uh, this expectation for people to have their shit together all the time. And look, as a love and self-esteem coach, I I completely understand why, right? I get the concept of wanting to match with someone that appears to have their life all together. Um, for many of you, really what it does is it represents stability and, and a level of success that is very attractive. But what I have come to find over the years is that as queer men, we hold ourselves to a much higher standard. You know, our experiences with, with rejection, invalidation, criticism, and just overall judgment really drive us to, to and inspire us really to want to prove to everyone that ever doubted us wrong. We want to prove to them that we are more than they ever anticipated or expected us to become. We want to prove to them that we are better them than them in a lot of ways. And that's not necessarily to say that you don't want to prove it to yourself, right? Because I think a lot of the driving factor here too is to prove to yourself that you can do these things, that you can overcome these obstacles, that you can you can really um, succeed in life, right? In the face of adversity and all of the things that you have experienced in your life, but there is, you would be lying, I think, personally, if you didn't acknowledge that a lot of that fuel and the catalyst comes from the rejection we have experienced in our life, right? And there are also many of you that that have had very tumultuous upbringings. And in order to free yourself from that living situation, you had to succeed or at least take the leap to regain a sense of, of self and independence, right? The accumulation of 
all of these experiences, our personal struggles and our desire to thrive and not just survive results in a higher standard, you know, higher than than most can achieve. So, you know, I think that also kind of gets into the conversation about perfectionism and and how creating this this image of of perfection actually perpetuates failure. And what I mean by that is when you want to live this this perfect life, right? Whatever that looks like to you. So maybe having the perfect physical aesthetic, maybe having the the best job, maybe making millions of dollars, being able to travel the world and live this this life of of excess whatever it is that you are wanting to achieve we also have to recognize that there is some that we have to root ourselves in reality right be present enjoy life as it comes um really learn from the experiences and not always feel like we have to portray ourselves in this perfect way because really what that boils down to is just insecurities, right? We're trying to control our life and our situation because that's what makes us feel comfortable. So let me paint, let me paint a picture for you, right? Let me, let me um, try to do my best <laughs> at this, right? So here's a scenario, right? You, you go on a date with this incredible guy and you hit it off. And he is funny, he's kind, he's emotionally intelligent, present, handsome, all the things. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, this is way too good to be true. There has to be something wrong here, right? So the night ends and you guys set up a second date. As the week progresses, things seem to be getting better and better and better. And you invite him over after a few dates because you know my rule about sex. Don't have sex on the first date. Few dates, cool, fine, great, but first date, no. And you have an incredible night. And eventually, you start to wonder, why doesn't he ever invite me over? So one night, you ask the question, and you ask, you know, it's pretty straightforward, and you say, you know, why don't you ever invite me over to your place? And he responds with, well, I've been a little nervous to mention this, but I live with my parents. He's 32. For most queer men that I know and have interacted with, that would be a deal, that would be a deal breaker right there, right? That would be the end of that. And I have worked with many clients in the past that have dealt with this exact situation and decided to walk away from the the relationship, the the getting to know this person right wherever it was, wherever you guys were at that point in your your dating journey. And that relationship or that person or that dynamic had great potential, but because he lived with his parents, that was it. It was too much. For a lot of you, the the concept or the idea of somebody in their 30s living with their parents represents laziness or lack of goals, complacency, immaturity, whatever you want to categorize it as, right? But did you ever stop to think the decision to stay home was a conscious decision that was rooted in effective future planning, you know? 
Maybe it's based on cultural beliefs. Or maybe he's a caretaker for an aging or an ill parent. And I always challenge my clients, and I challenge you now as well, if you have ever been in the situation and walked away, why, right? Why did you do that? I know for myself, let's be super real here, right? I think a lot of people have this this image in their mind of people that are on social media and are um, presenting themselves in a very specific way that we all have our lives together. And the reality is a lot of us don't. Right. A lot. Of, and it's not that we don't have we don't know what our goals are. We don't know what drives us. We don't know what our mission is, because a lot of those things. Yes, those are true. Right. I know my mission. I know what my goals are. I know what I'm trying to achieve. But just as anybody else living a day to day life, I have my doubts. I have my my issues. You know, business fluctuates, economy you cannot control, things happen, and sometimes you are put in a position where you really have to take into consideration what the best decision is for you moving forward. And for some people, that means moving back in with their parents to regroup, to to save money, to stop the the financial bleeding you know, whatever the case may be. I know for myself, when I ended my 13-year relationship with my significant other, we were living in Hawaii at the time. So, well, I hadn't ended it then, but we were living in Hawaii at the time. And this was right around, I want to say probably the midway mark of, of COVID. And I realized, hey, we're not going to survive out here with how things are going. And the fact that jobs had stopped, right? Everybody was at home and not really having certainty in regards to whether I was going to be rehired again and all of those things. So for those of you that don't know, I worked in corporate retail for a very long time. Um, and you can consider it business management. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that sector took a big hit. So making the decision to move back to Los Angeles from Hawaii was a big decision. And again, you know, ended a 13-year relationship and I had to regroup. I had to figure my stuff out, which involved me having to move back in to my dad's house, which to me at the age of, you know, 31, 32, when it happened, I was like, what is life? <laughs> you know, what am I doing? I've had this sense of independence for so long and I've had my own space and I've lived in a different state and all of these different things. And now it's like I'm coming back to to this, this state of like childhood where I'm living with my parent and it can be very emasculating and it can be very um, challenging for you mentally and emotionally. But at the end of the day, it's about understanding why you were doing it, what the needs and the expectations are in that moment and understanding that you're working towards towards a specific goal. That doesn't mean that you're lazy or you're complacent or any of those things. It's sometimes just life hands you a shitty card and you have to figure out the best way to work with it, right? So I wanted to unpack some reasons why, you know, the person that you were dating or are dating might still be living at home or 
maybe the person that you decided to walk away from, if you've been reflecting and going, hmm, did I make a mistake on that? Or did I did I accidentally, you know, pull the trigger too quickly? I want to cover some reasons that might open up your perspective a little bit more, you know, and help you navigate the situation if you're wanting to make it work. So number one, like I said, financial consideration, you know, one of the primary reasons individuals in the thirties may continue living with their parents is for financial stability. Let's be real. The world is crazy right now. There's a lot of things going on economically, economically. There's a lot of, of, we're in a shit situation, to be honest with you. So, you know, a lot of people having to move in back in with their parents, I don't necessarily think that's their first choice. I don't think that that's what they're they're super excited to do. For some, maybe, but for a majority of people, you know, losing that sense of independence is is difficult. But for me, I think it's a very smart decision for them to do that because they're creating stability for themselves and for their future, you know? So, there are many factors here. There's student loan debt, there's high living costs, and there's there's a challenging job market that can make it incredibly difficult for individuals to afford independent living at this point. So living with his parents can provide financial support and a chance to save money for future goals like home ownership or career advancement, however you want to look at it. The second thing here to take into consideration is cultural and, and familial dynamics, right? Family dynamics. In some cultures, particularly Latino culture, which I can speak on because I am Latino, living at home with parents well into adulthood is pretty common and socially acceptable. You know, there are there's strong family ties, right? A sense of responsibility towards your parents and and extended family members that may influence an individual's decision to continue living at home. So Cultural values and expectations play a significant role in this scenario. I mean, I don't, I, George, you're Latino, so pretty common, right? It's not, it's not, it's not uncommon for people to stay at home until they're married or in a serious relationship and are starting their own family. And even people who are starting their own family sometimes still live with grandparents or parents to help raise the kids and and as a support unit, right? And the thing with, I think, American culture is there is this deep, deep sense of like independence. Everybody has to have their independence. And it's like the second you turn 18, you're out the door and you're living your life, right? You're kicked out of the nest immediately. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> It's okay. We're just going to keep going. Um, but you're kicked out of the nest. This is why I only film from the top up. So you guys just got in, got let in on a little uh, filming secret. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not like butt naked on the bottom half because that'd be awkward. But, or maybe you'd like it, whatever. I'm just, okay, I need to stop. <laughs> so... Anyways, you get you get kicked out, right, at 18 years old, um, or you desperately want to to create your life and all of those things. And look, at the end of the day, I I respect that, I appreciate that, I I commend anybody who who wants to try to create their own life and survive on their own. But I think we also have to understand that there are different perspectives here, right? There's different there's different ways in which people do things, and we're so quick to judge somebody for something that is different than what we perceive or we are used to or we um, 
consider to be normal. So really kind of opening up your mind and allowing yourself to take in different situations, different scenarios, different perspectives, and try to understand that that is normal for a lot of people. Another thing here, right, is emotional or caregiving responsibilities. So this one, again, has to do with family family dynamics, right? So maybe it includes the need to have to provide some kind of emotional or physical support for a parent or family members, right? And that very much can contribute to a person's decision to stay home. And this may be particularly true for individuals with aging parents or those who are facing health challenges, right? Responsibilities related to caregiving um, can delay a lot of people's transition into independent living. And if you ask me, I think a person who prioritizes their parents and is willing to sacrifice a portion of their life to take care of the people that raised them and and got them to where they are in their life, I think that's sexy. I think that that is attractive because it shows me that the person has empathy and compassion and, and a heart and has patience and is willing to, to put their ego aside for the right thing, right? Now, obviously, when we're talking about relationship dynamics and being able to cultivate a healthy relationship, there also have to be boundaries involved, right? So balance in life. If you're in a relationship with somebody who's a caregiver to their parent and 98% of their time is spent taking care of that parent, I think it's okay to evaluate your position in that person's life, right? And it doesn't make you a bad person if you decide to walk away from that relationship because at the end of the day, a relationship requires time and energy and investment so that it can grow, so that you can connect on a deeper level, so that you can really start to grow um, love and commitment and all of those things. So if you're not getting that energy, again, Maybe not that person's fault either. They just have been handed a really shitty card in life and they're just trying to manage the best way that they can. But that also doesn't mean that you should be ignoring or or dismissing your personal feelings around it as well. But that's a, a much deeper topic and a different situation altogether uh, that I can talk about in a different episode or on um you know, a different YouTube series or whatever the case may be. So what are the recommendations, right? What would I recommend when you're navigating the situation? Number one, I think open and honest communication is the key, right? Effective communication is crucial when you are dating somebody who lives at home in their 30s, right? Have talk, have talks about the living situation, their reason for living at home, and their plans for the future and express your own personal needs and concerns and expectations in a non-judgmental way. That's incredibly important, right? So by understanding each other's perspectives, you can work together to find common ground or, or mutual understanding. Number two is assess compatibility and future goals. So consider how the living situation aligns with your own values and goals and visions for the future. Reflect on your expectations. When it comes to independence and and privacy and, and autonomy and all of those things and assess whether your values and your long-term goals 
align with your partner's situation. You know, compatibilities in these areas is is crucial for a healthy and fulfilling relationship. And the reason why I emphasize the word realistic is because let's say, for example, you are wanting to live this independent life and you're wanting to to have a home and you're wanting to do all of those things, but you yourself don't have the financial means to do so and you are expecting your partner to provide that for you, that's not a realistic goal. So expecting your partner to leave their situation in which they have found a sense of stability and are able to work towards their financial goals, if you expect them to sacrifice that to provide you with stability and foundation and all of those things and you are unable to contribute on your end, I think we need to reevaluate that a little bit, right? The third thing here is, again, evaluate personal boundaries. So living with a partner who is in their 30s and is still at home, I think requires some pretty clear boundaries. So discuss and establish what those boundaries are. And it would probably be around topics like privacy, um, alone time, shared responsibility within the home. You know, it's essential to ensure that both of you guys have space to to pursue your own individual interests, to socialize with friends, and to maintain a healthy sense of independence within the relationship if you guys are living at home with either one of your parents. I think it also involves as the partner who is living at home with your parents, having a very clear conversation with your parents about those boundaries as well. I get it. It may be a little bit uncomfortable. It may be a little bit awkward because you are living in their home and their space, but your parents also have to recognize, and I'm sure do recognize that you are an adult and you are in a romantic relationship and that there are some boundaries that need to be set here, right? The other thing here is supporting and encouraging independence. So if your partner expresses the desire to to move towards more of an independent living, offer support and encouragement, right? Help them to explore potential avenues for for better financial stability. So maybe that involves career investment uh, advancements, um, additional education, whatever it is, just be supportive. You know, together, you guys can work towards a shared goal and support each other in that transition. Because at the end of the day, a relationship is about teamwork. It's not just about the 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 self, right? It's not just about me, I. Um, what's that phrase? There is no I in team or something like that, right? So thinking about the unit. Now, again, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't create personal boundaries that are healthy boundaries to maintain a sense of independence so that you can retain your self-identity. But if you are only focused on yourself and your feelings and how you want your life to be, then maybe you're not ready for a relationship. The other thing here, right, which is the fifth thing, is consider the bigger picture. Evaluate your overall compatibility and connection in the relationship beyond the living situation, you know, assess the 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 strength of the emotional connection, your shared values, and and the more important aspects of life and building a life together. You know, the living situation is just is just one factor. It's just one part of the relationship dynamic, and it's important to consider the entirety of the connection before making any judgments or making any decisions. 
The other thing to keep in mind here is living at home with parents is not the worst thing that could happen, right? There are far worse things. There is homelessness. There is um, massive amounts of debts that that would be difficult to get out of. And if you are in that current situation, you know, I empathize with you. I know how difficult it can be to navigate that situation. But in the context of dating, somebody who lives at home with their parents does not mean that they are a failure. That does not mean that they are unable to navigate a healthy relationship. That does not mean that they are immature and are not going to be able to step up to the plate. You have to give that person a chance. And if everything else aligns, right, if the core values align, if their their characteristics or their who they are as a person is something that you find attractive and you connect to, the chemistry is there, Um good communication, right? All the cornerstones and the the pillars of the relationship are there. And that singular situation is what is keeping you from, from potentially trying to move forward in the relationship. I think you should probably take a step back and reflect and evaluate why. Because I think that might be more so a you issue than a them issue. So just food for thought. Anyways, That is the end of the episode. Uh, I personally like to have open and candid conversations with people. So if this is a situation that you've been in, um, if you are currently going through this situation, even if you disagree, right, make sure that you are commenting that we are having open discussions about that. I think that's incredibly important. And again, remember... If this is your first time visiting the podcast, the YouTube channel, wherever it is that you are visiting, make sure you are subscribing. Um, And I will provide you guys with all the information necessary that you need in order to contact me if you are looking for some guidance or some support. Keep in mind, I am a love and self-esteem coach, so I work with people all the time on a daily basis um, with all things that have to do with relationships, self-acceptance, and love. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. I hope you guys found this episode to be helpful and informational, educational, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I will see you guys in the next episode.